0: You bop it. You bop it. it. You You bop it. In 2014, the Large Hadron Collider will smash together high-energy p- 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 positrons to once and all settle the question, where the
1: heck is all that jeering coming from? From, from, from,
0: from, 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 from? from
1: Poetry Night rings through. 51. 51 very attractive people. Can you two handle it? Nope. <laughs> Not even a little bit. We're going to go read somewhere else, all right? Ugh. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mindy Netafee and Jeremy Raiden to our stage. Hello everybody! <laughs> Bellingham! Thank you so much for having us. My name is Mindy Nedifee. Um That's uh, Jeremy Raiden right over there um uh you guys this is such a rad reading um thank you i'm so excited to be here this is my first tour ever and i've never been like first time in this city this city is so beautiful a lot of big good hearts in this room so thank you um i hope you don't i hope you guys don't mind if i get instantly into the raw honest shit like let's just 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 it's raw and on it's both i'm just gonna dive right into that um it's nasty this gets nasty This is an important poem, guys, Um, in my book. Uh, This poem is called, Oh Mother, after reading Leonard Cohen on the toilet. (laughs) Oh Mother, if I really knew what I was doing, I would be telling you about all the women instead of telling all the women about you thank you very much
0: um,
1: speaking of <laughs> I wish that wasn't true guys uh, speaking, of, speaking of love and romance um, I was in love with a girl uh, through all of high school and I never told her um, and I don't recommend that to any of you uh, if you're in high school <laughs> um, do not not tell uh, whoever because it's the not knowing is the worst part god damn it um, so it took me ten years to write this girl a poem a- And I did um, So this, is a, this poem is for her This poem is called Poem I wish I said to you in high school That one time when we were backstage And you showed me that your thong was zebra print Because you saw my boxers were leopard print And you said maybe we were more alike than you thought <laughs> I know the poem by heart But I can't remember that fucking title <laughs> So wherever you are Lindsay Murfeld This is for you Let me tell you about your shoulders. They are not shoulders. They're crystal balls, lit from within. I can see my future. It looks like... your shoulders. (laughs) Smooth as con men, goose bumping beneath my breath. You played my wife in the second musical I ever did. It taught me that acting is easy. All I had to do was look at you. It also taught me how to sing and dance with a boner. <laughs> yep. That is why middle school actors always bend at the waist to hug or kiss. True story. True story. Even before you sat on my lap backstage and, and told me that we had so much in common, I knew that there was something between us. If you listen close, you can hear the sound of a bridge being built between the way your nose crinkles up when you laugh and what will become my lifelong obsession with comedy. Your laughter... Your laughter is the sound of a really hot girl laughing. <laughs> that's, that's fucking poetry. Not a metaphor. At the risk of sounding creepy, I want to kill your pets and wear your face as a yarmulke. I'm kidding. That's a joke. I mean, what I mean is, what I mean actually is, I, I think about you when I can't sleep. Wishing your head was against my chest. Hair curling upon the soft songs. Beating at my breastplate. Shh. They make me wish my hands were seashells. I think your butt is why my dad sometimes yells at me about the water bill. Yeah, you got it. You got it. That's gross. I think you look like... A, it's the long showers, McGee. You know. More than anyone. I think you look like a fl- I think you look like a flushed angel when things get awkward, which I guess means things are just always awkward. Oh, you uncomfortable Jewish masterpiece. The sexiest thing about you is that you're not any better at this than I am. Let's, let's accidentally brush pinkies as we make laps around the mall until we are accidentally holding hands. When you tell me this movie theater is cold, know that my mama was a space heater. My papa was a winter coat. Neither one of us know yet how the, how the boys will take you for granted and how the girls won't take me for anything. Is it really necessary to find out I would rather discover just how slowly I can kiss you. Breathing streaks of fog up and down your spine, amazed at every curve and ripple, like someone who still thinks it's pronounced taken for granite and has <laughs> and has no idea what rocks have to do with something that feels so much like a waterfall. I will touch the way your slender muscles point and rush like maps, I will find my way. Let me help you find yours. When you put down this poem, look out the window. There is a hymn rising like smoke in the south. Follow it down, valley circle all the way to Victory Boulevard. Right turn up a big hill, down a lonesome street with a trembling street light, second house from the end on your left. You will find me waiting there, in a very quiet bedroom. I will pull you Vibrating into my arms I will kiss your neck And your earlobes Forever All of these poems Will disappear Thank you guys very much Thank you Thank you Bellingham um, So The assignment The assignment is, uh, is uh, What's your poison right? And you were talking earlier about poems about food, so that's the universe being like, read this shit, Jeremy. (laughs) Jeremy, read it. Um, This poem is called Donut Muffin. Yeah, oh, that shit's real, guys. Yeah, I'll tell you about it right now. On the Food Network, they're talking about the donut muffin. From the downtown bakery and creamery in Heldsburg, California. A woman bakes donut batter in a muffin tin, paints on clarified butter, rolls them in maple and cinnamon, the roof of my mouth is actually caving in. Do not speak to me of aftermath. Aftermath is lunchtime. The day I learned about my diabetes, I drove 30 minutes to Earl's Donuts for two buttermilk bars and a maple bar, and a bear claw. I have written suicide notes with frosting, stolen from the wedding cake. My body will never allow me to eat. I am what will kill me, every single time. According to MapQuest, I'm only seven hours away from a partner in all of this. From a sweet, golden-brown lover who will bless my hurt, marvel with me at the astonishing power of my helplessness. Do not speak to me of aftermath. Aftermath is nap time. Let me sleep finally in the arms of something beautiful. Let me say my last fuck yous with honey in my mouth. Thank you. I got two more pumps. You guys are so great. You guys are great. This shit is great. These fucking... All these self-portraits I don't remember doing of myself are great. I love that shit, man. Um, (laughs) For real. For for real. (laughs) Um, So uh, I love to read fantasy novels, um, which is something you guys can probably tell by looking at me. Um, Something I love about fantasy novels is that when the heroes are on the quest, there's a place where they can, like, there would be, like, an inn in the middle of the woods where they, like, stop and rest and, like, regather their strength. And, you know, I feel like, especially on a day like today, uh, a place like this is one of those places um, where we all come here to get like, get our strength back, you know. So um, this poem is called The Inn of the Purple Bison. Hello, travelers. Welcome to the inn of the purple bison. The bread is just now rising in the oven. The tapers are lit. They smell of nutmeg and orange peel. The stew on the stove has been cooking all day long. There is a man on the porch who plays a piano. We don't know where he came from. (laughs) He brought the piano. We have all brought such heavy things to this place. We have all come here to rest from the carry. The chairs in the lobby are built from yarn. Hot chocolate moves through canals in the floor. The mattresses stuffed with the softest fog. A bloodhound sleeps by every fireplace. Their dreams projected on the bedroom walls. The blessing fields. The sky full of rabbits. Look how the road has etched your face. Spit its body into your hair. We have found a blue petal that works like water. Come and lie in the cleansing lather. What you have done out there... That is not our concern. All that you have tangled and cut, all that you have turned against, all the wars you've made and loved, all the wounds you have nursed and fed, all that you have too easily killed, all that you could not help but kill. Start fresh. Start here. Welcome to the inn of the Purple Bison. We know what the night has done to you. Thank you. Um, guys, I trust you. I trust you guys. This is a safe space. I feel that. And, um, I'm going to get pretty dark right now. Um, and I think you guys can handle it. Um, sometimes I feel like, you know, I struggle with the God stuff a lot. But I definitely feel like if there is, there is a separate one in the daytime and a separate one in the nighttime. Um... So this nighttime god that I, I feel like I have encountered a lot, um, uh, I have nicknamed this god the Lord of Rooms. Um, so this poem, is, uh, this poem is called So Speaks the Lord of Rooms. When the night pushes its head, I'm going to take that one more time, When the night pushes your head into its lap Chokes you with its yesless anatomy When the whiskey is a belly full of dark nails When you never drink but tonight is a fresh death I am this night When wicked tangle finds your hunger When the high heel party bullet holes your brain Rakes across your nerves This is me When heavy hangs like blanket hell. When sleep mocks you from the corners of the room. When lust pushes its arm through the sleeve of your body. When your body becomes a room of mine that only I may enter. That only I may write the writing on the wall and know the writing. When the writing is no, is no, is not you, not this time. You cannot say this. I am this that you cannot say. Now say hallelujah and say amen. Hallelujah, the spider eyes falling from the ceiling, your beds phantom loaded, hallelujah, amen, come to me. To the edge of yourselves, fawns to a river cold sweet cold I am this flowing steady bordering this quench, this quench and quench, this wet thing pulling frigid through you bees in black jelly ribbon of unlit snow when the orchards blaze when the phone does not when the phone is so quiet it sounds like your pulse when you follow shame into the kitchen, when you guzzle the syrup, the honey anvils the looping molasses This Anchor chain heavy I am this feeding This filling This crushing The bright beast The rise up The ogre of light When you are drunk On ghost fuel Cooking the hope swans Unbent Unlusted Unhoped Unwild The names of all my names Sing them Your voice is blooming Blister lovely Sing them Your voice is low Fastened to the mud Sing my names And I will be that singing That mud that rising, that hoping, that eating, that choking, that choking, that choking, that upside down mountain lodged in your throat, pressing my names back into you. And we will look up. We will look up into his eyes, into the dead sparrow eyes of the Lord of rooms, and we will say, Lord. Bless this inelegant sadness. Bless the sorrow that has smuggled me into its dingy cabin. Bless the plates of food you've left out for me. Bless the quiet baths you've drawn for me. Bless the beds and all the space inside them. Lord, bless these empty rooms. All these empty rooms. Bless the panic that shakes me like a bone in its jaws Bless the fear, the crush of gut anvils The worry snow-packed in my wishing well throat Bless the temper, Lord Grinding traffic Fist through windshield Head through sunroof Boot through dashboard My mother's chest Bless the smoke-spined girls I have hunted for you in the eyes of Bless the lust for their salt Their lemons Bless the fingernails lodged In the walls of my aorta The ones who climbed safely away From my obsession Bless the mistakes, Lord Your finest achievement holy the lost wallet Forgotten stovetop Longings insistence that I am ready to love All your creaking lock-bust music Opening my blood Bless my greasy blood, Lord Dump truck through my veins My clay-thick, garbage-sick blood Lord, bless it Bless my muscles Soft as prom queen thigh satin Bless this skeleton Swaddled in fat This heavy ruin Bloated sarcophagus Bacon wrapped funeral body Lord bless it half to death And then bless it again Bless the black daffodils My skin is sewn around Heaving towards sunlight Bloating my flesh All this shriveled beauty Lord Bless the kitchen knives That salmon upward from my lungs Slicing up these prayers Before they reach the back of my tongue Lord bless my tongue And the songs buried in it This holy howling bedroom gospel Chewing grief into a a mouthful of accordions. Bless the accordions, Lord. Bury me in accordions that my last breath may be one note in a harmony of hinges, a chord plucked by the great swelling beast of heaven, a note in a song that will sound like a life that will fill the mouth with chocolate, Lord. Bless the chocolate. Bless the chocolate. Bless this necessary sadness, this miraculous sadness, this gigantic absence, this heaven of mud stampeding down into the empty spots. Bless the empty spots. Bless the empty. The unlusted, unhoped, unbent, and unwild, Lord bless the depression farmers bless the suicide gardeners the lonely priests of the church of the Lord of Rooms Lord bless me bless me with your tusks your claws your fangs, your jaws tear me apart Lord bless me with the tearing I am ready for the tearing I am ready for the tearing the tearing, the tearing Lord bless me with that tearing Scatter me through the field until I sink into the dirt. Until trees begin to grow from me. Until rivers begin to begin from me. Until I am nothing but a disaster of seeds glowing in the bellies of crows. Thank you guys so much! You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, it is my pleasure and my honor and, my, and my, my special ass duty to introduce you to the next poet. She's the author of Sleepyhead Assassins, Rise of the Trust Fall, Glitter in the Blood, director of the Right Now Poetry Society. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the queen of everything you're about to believe in, Mindy Nettifee!
2: This is also my first time in Bellingham.
0: <laughs>
2: Hi, everybody. Um, how do you guys feel about Jeremy Raiden? <laughs> this is called Last Act. I just wrote it, uh, this is like number th- 13 for the 3030. 30. Who in here is doing 3030? Anyone? Woo! What's up, tribe? Tri- crazy tribe. When the morphine first kicked its legs, George would tell stories of the good old days before sex was deadly, and maybe you didn't know this, but morphine can really paint a gorgeous fucking picture. New York City was there. Hot pink was there. Mesh tank tops and fresh house house beats were there. Sharp sweat and gold glitter sticking to golden muscles mm, were there. Uh cocaine was definitely there. And vodka pineapples and crass come ons were there, and shrill, insane with joy, laughter that made you want to. Tame it into a throat Into a growl Into a back alley brick wall That made the sheets polock with blood later Was there It was the late 80's The Reagan 80's The AIDS is a gay disease 80's And we were bit players In a brief hospital scene Of an epic plague Though plague was not the word Anyone would use for it Newsmen liked the word Epidemic But try getting that word out of your mouth in the individual face of it. Try explaining that someone you worship is dying from empire or widespread ignorance. I was too young to hear these stories, and in hearing them, I was no longer too young to hear anything. The stories never ended, they just drifted into deep chuckles, then moans, then they swallowed themselves like pills and dissolved into the hush ocean of the drug, and George, and the memories of being George that were holding him dangling over an edge, just let go of each other. I would sit with him beside this ocean until eventually the nurses would usher in time and shoo me away so they could tend to the lesions and the rotting flesh without me seeing things I shouldn't see, and I would leave having already seen everything George needed me to. This was not my first death bedside, but it was the first time I made a pact with a dying man. We would not feel sorry for each other. I would listen and learn about a faraway land where casual sex and drugs were safe and pretty much the best. And I would understand that that shit was once upon a time and I would show some respect for the devil and I would live. George would learn to love that he had gotten to live there before it disappeared, and I would love that with him. No regret, no what-ifs, no pathetic grieving for the once glorified body, no begging for justice, whatever that was. Just praise song for the first acts. Just praise song for the days when living was its own morphine. Once, when I think a nurse had thrown caution to the dosage, George got his old voice back for a moment, this delicious, grand, authorial voice, and he shouted, with great peril comes a lot of dancing. (laughs) I thought he had forgotten the whole world was there until he added, promise promise me you won't miss out on the dancing, honey. They weren't his famous last. But I've got this collection of dancing shoes. And if I am careful, and if I have my way, they will be mine. Uh, What's my poison? I am my poison. This is called If Your Uterus Runs on Birth Control Standard Time Allow Me to Jog Your Memory uh, I'm about to do a period poem, guys So everyone This is not We're not going to do this This is not fucking polite company It is truly something Mike McGee How after all these years it still never fails to catch me by surprise. <laughs> At least a little, despite the week of warning signs, the swollen, sore breast sulking in the cage of an underwire, the awesome overreaction parade. <laughs> How it casts the previous three days in a radical new light (laughs) explaining the asshole on Friday who spoke four decibels too loud and wore his ego like a unitard of burrs why I struggled not to cry when that text message took that tone with me why I drank way too much at the Neil Diamond Impersonator Concert Why I ate shit biking home the next day. Why I laid on the couch for hours, hours, watching movie previews (laughs) (laughs) and eating chocolate popsicles and feeling sorry for myself. Why I grew forests wanting you back. Slightly dazed at the small, rosy sunset of evidence. I tilt my head to the side and just relive it all, letting the humiliation do its humble work. I am suddenly not unraveling sweet, wonderful Jesus. (laughs) I am not a crazy person trapped in a spiraling universe of darkness and despair. I'm not losing it at all. Or I am (laughs) whatever but in the most familiar, unchangeable way. It's just the goodbye party I'm always throwing but never invited to. (laughs) Just the unwinding of the world's oldest clock, the one that will wake me up two weeks from now in the dark first hours of the morning with its soft, insistent ticking... Talk. Uh, today was kind of a fucked up day, guys. Yeah. Um. And I, it's a really good time to make a joke. Um. And I, uh, you know, there was the first reports of the uh explode. You know, there might, what there maybe was another explosion at the JFK Library, and I just. Thank God that turned out to just be a regular disaster because uh, I was, uh, you know, it's so funny how you look for just the tiniest thing to make something better, you know, you start to think like, oh my God, thank God that Boston has all the hospitals and they're like all in one place and they are the best hospitals and I will take anything to make me not cry right now. But I wanted... It made me want to read this. Um, it's called uh, Moonshot Exhibit Room at the JFK Library. And I wrote this after my last visit there. Um, fuck. From this close, the Project Mercury space suits hanging in the center of their glass museum apartment look like unworn children's party costumes. The prototype assembly drawings lack some gravitas as well. They could easily be early sketches for jetpacks or the colored pencil architectural blueprints you did when you were nine for the castle you were going to build overlooking the cliff of your bunk bed. The space helmets could be advanced papier-mâché, the playful taxidermied heads of astronauts. But at this point in the presidential library, at least six swelling JFK speeches in, I am prepared to believe just about anything. His voice has a quality I am unprepared for in longer stretches. When he talks about the American character, about our fixed regard for principle, I can smell my first brand new social studies textbook. I can remember this old feeling, a surge of effortless pride at my young sunburned wide eyed Americanist when he says, We should choose to do things because they are hard. I practically raise my own taxes. Just think: there was a time when we believed we could conquer poverty and racism crush the black heart of communism and travel to the moon if we were just organized enough, if we just marshaled our resources in the directions of our better dreams. All of this makes the coming exhibits especially hard to take. On 12 monitors, Walter Cronkite is choking up the quickening pulse of the newsroom and the tight-held breath of an entire nation straining the scene, the confusion and chaos of what's next swirls and eddies and does not settle. I want to go back to the moonshot room. I want to go back and stare at the artifacts, at those treasure maps to pipe dreams. But it wouldn't be the same. There's this chunk of moon on display there, suspended in a clear thermoplastic pyramid. The plaque says it is more than three billion years old. Three billion. It sounds like a made-up number, but I know it's not. I know that long, exponential springs of time are behind all the quickest leaps, That what I can see in the sky at night might already be gone. Even though the shouting of the stars is so clear and so bright. I feel so fucking at home here. You guys must feel like this all the time. Kind of jealous spelling. I'm gonna read two more poems. I'm so uh grateful that we came through here tonight, uh, especially on a fucking day like today. Uh, normally I, I don't even know that I would read this, but jeremy got to ask for a poem tonight and uh and i, I promise I'm gonna uplift after this but this is called disciple you guys i'm also i'm a preacher's daughter uh, I'm also a gay preacher's daughter <laughs> that a lot there's a lot going on there <laughs> it feels hot most of the time you know um this is called Disciple. The best advice I ever got about how to heal came from a beleaguered camp counselor who found herself suddenly surrounded by a flock of heaving, sobbing 12-year-old girls. It had been billed as a session on conflict resolution, an alternative to wood cookie crafts or horseshoes, and maybe she should have seen it coming, how water seeks the cracks in any dam. One girl had been brutally sexually assaulted by the preschool director and had not slept through the night alone since. One had been molested by her foster brother who sliced his arms with scissors in the bedroom dark. One had been strangled by her own mother who later found God and apologized and then punished her For not offering up the fish and loaves of her forgiveness instantly. The forgiveness that her mother had been promised by some pastor that she deserved now and would receive through the mysterious machines of grace. The kind that multiplied and magnified and fed the endless hunger at the center of things. There were other stories. Abuse is a word that sounds powerful in the head and goes limp the moment you speak it, hanging like a soaked wet curtain around the things we cannot bear to know. I don't remember the counselor's name or what she looked like, just that she was an enormous buoy of a woman that her voice was deep and calm and quavered at all the right turns, that she sat in a way that trained gravity. How unprepared she must have felt to see the sharks swimming in our eyes to have been handed the heavy anchors of our trust. What well of strength did she draw from? What inheritance of bedrock and granite and spine. What gospel stolen from the bent, melted steel of kitchen knives. She absorbed every blow of every word. And when we had finished, when we were softened by confession, she took a breath and began. Without getting into the kind of details that get attention, She told us the story of her own early ruin, of the lifetimes of gentle obligation it left in its wake. The heart and the mind and the body might never align on the requirements of joy. The mind must be taught patience with the heart. The heart must learn faith From the body, the body must be tended lovingly and unwaveringly, an infant. The heart will take its own sweet time and cannot be rushed. Just fake it till you feel it, she told us. And like that, gave us permission to put on the tight masks of adulthood to build walls around what was too tender and shocked to survive. This last piece is for all the poets in the room. And it's called, Don't Pretend You Don't Know What to Do. (laughs) Like when you walk into a cavernous ballroom the morning after, and it has been emptied of the party chairs and the table linens and the sofias in their dresses and the 20-piece orchestra playing everybody's song. It's so quiet. The only sound is the hollow, echoing shine of chandeliers and your good shoes, squeaking on the polished marble. You think, this must be what it's like to stand on a mountaintop. All this rarefied space. If you don't dance the dance you were born to, in that moment... In that ballroom, arms flung, legs like a car chase, hair tornadoing and whirlwinding and burning halos of fuck yes into the dustless air. You might never speak to yourself again, but if you do dance, every door will stand ajar for you in suspended applause. Every whispered conversation will pick up volume in your presence. All the wishes that float just on the other side of what's possible will take off their rules and run. Let's skinny dip, (laughs) guys. Let's skinny dip with them at sunrise. Let's rip open the bored bodice of met expectations. Let's enter the moment as children and rip the notes bursting out of the lingering money ghosts and just shimmy that music into every goddamn nerve ending in our bodies. Let's yell and whoop and shriek and embarrass the frescoes and shed this dead (laughs) renaissance. I was a shy girl once too. And maybe you fern on the Buddha side of the waterfall. Maybe what glosses your hair back is the yawning cave inside of you, the one with the dripping water and focused even breathing and slow absorption of minerals from the ebb and flood of your emotions, in which case take a seat in the center of the dance floor or walk back out of the velvet roped rooms you don't have permission to be in. Close your eyes to the waiting scandal of the world and just shrink into the moment. Spend the cash of your smile as conservatively as you want. Just let me say this. You are the most elegant ballroom I have ever seen. I would never forgive myself if I didn't test out the acoustics with a little Sondheim and a little whiskey sour if I didn't take the gleam in your eyes out for a spin this is what I was born to do it is the opposite of prayer I am listening with the soul's of my feet. I am drawing words from the sky. Thank you.
0: You guys are the best! That was Mindy Nenefee and Jeremy raden Give them a hand. Keep it going.